Local cases of COVID are surging, breaking the 100 mark for three days straight. Sunday's count stood at 183, 71 of which were found in New Taipei. Jilong, Taoyuan, Taipei City and Xinju County also saw their case numbers in double digits. In all, the, case, the day's cases came from 12 counties and cities. Let's hear from the health minister. There were 183 local cases and 97 imported cases. The local cases are continuing to increase from yesterday's 160 to today's 183. If we break down the 183 by county and city, Taipei had 19 cases, New Taipei 71, Taoyuan 22, Taichung 3, Kaohsiung 1, Jilong 39, Xinju County 15, Xinju City 1, Pingdong County 3, Yilan County 7 and Hualien County 1. In total, 12 counties and cities were affected. Although case numbers have been soaring, 98.8% of those infected have had mild symptoms or no symptoms at all as the CECC is concerned that they may become a burden for hospitals, it has relaxed quarantine rules for local cases. As long as symptoms are mild or non-existent and the two PCR tests are negative or the CT values are greater than 30, there is no need to be quarantined for 10 days or to test positive for anti-N antibodies. However, inbound travelers still need to abide by the policy of 10 days of quarantine and a week of self-health management. In the face of the current surge of local cases, the government has been presented with a dilemma to tighten COVID restrictions to keep case numbers down or gradually relax them so that people can return to their old way of life and coexist with the virus. Premier Su Zhenchang recently introduced his new Taiwan model, indicating that the government is leaning toward the latter to help businesses flourish. Some doctors approve, provided this does not overburden Taiwan's health system. The Zhongxiao branch of Sogo department store in Taipei shut its doors on Sunday to be disinfected. An employee had reportedly fallen ill and tested positive for COVID. As local case numbers continue to rise, the government is leaning toward the choice of coexistence with the coronavirus, rather than working to tighten restrictions. Premier Su Zhengchang is trumpeting what he terms a new Taiwan model, a policy for gradually relaxing COVID restrictions to help businesses stay afloat. As we gradually shorten the quarantine period, we will definitely encounter an increase in numbers of confirmed cases. However, very, very few of these confirmed cases are severe cases. You can all rest assured that this is the new Taiwan model. The new Taiwan model? Most people have no idea what that is. The central government should state clearly whether it wants to coexist with the virus or aim for zero cases. The policy has to be crystal clear. At the inauguration of a house pets management office under the Council of Agriculture, President Tsai Ing-wen was asked about the new Taiwan model, but she didn't give a direct response. She did, however, remind the public to unite in their fight against the virus. 
There have been new local cases in many counties and cities in the past few days. In the face of the epidemic, please be vigilant and do not panic. During the holiday, whether it's a family trip or a reunion with relatives and friends, be sure to follow epidemic precautions thoroughly and remind each other what to do. Those who have not gotten the third dose of the vaccine, especially the elderly, have to get vaccinated as soon as possible. Let's continue to unite and protect Taiwan against the pandemic. But the fact remains, the number of local cases is still climbing. Will this new Taiwan model be feasible? Doctors think that as long as the health system does not become overburdened, things should be fine. The virus types have been gradually increasing, indicating that people from outside Taiwan undergoing quarantine are probably the ones allowing the viruses to enter, and that has led to the current situation. So currently, we have a phenomenon that we're bound to witness as we transition toward a complete lifting of restrictions. High-risk groups and long-term care institutions need to step up their epidemic prevention protocols, and antiviral medicine should be well-stocked. As to whether continued vaccination should be a criterion for relaxing quarantine measures, doctors think this deserves careful consideration. The main purpose of the vaccine is to prevent severe illness and death. So what we should think about is, after the vaccine is administered, when a person is indeed not at risk of contracting the virus, then we can have this kind of policy. The Omicron virus is highly contagious. If restrictions are abruptly loosened, the epidemic may quickly spiral out of control. The government must tread carefully as it adopts this new policy. Since the start of the Russia-Ukraine war, humanitarian organizations from around the world have set up operations in Eastern Europe to help refugees. One of them is World Vision Taiwan, which is offering aid to refugees in Eastern European countries, including Romania. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Since Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine, World Vision Taiwan has been working to launch relief operations in countries in the region, including Romania, Moldova, and Georgia. We rushed to find people in our offices who could go help our efforts in Romania and Moldova. Why in these two countries? Because these two countries are the most vulnerable among those taking in refugees. They have the most limited resources. Taiwan's government is helping in Poland, but we think these two countries need help even more. So our staff is focusing on helping refugees in these two countries. We're drawing out plans and requesting resources from the United Nations. There's a lot to be done to accommodate people fleeing the war zone, from setting up relay stations to providing daily necessities and psychological support. The association hopes its work can prevent human trafficking and exploitation. Through the humanitarian organization that is UNICEF, the UN is bringing together resources from all over the world to assist Ukrainian refugees. To access that, you need to have a finalized plan. For us, it's things like how many bases for refugees we'll set up in Romania, how many relay stations, and how many materials we will need. You have to detail all this in the UN application. We're referred to as programmers, as planners. It's a job that requires a very high level of expertise. World Vision Taiwan CEO Caroline Lee 
says relief of operations are extremely complex and challenging. She says campaigns can often last more than 10 years. Offering services to refugees in Romania has a higher difficulty than previous situations. They are urban refugees and their numbers keep increasing every day. Providing them with material goods, a living space and emergency medical treatment is a huge challenge, especially when each refugee has different objectives. World Vision Taiwan urges the general public to join the effort with donations to help refugees in need. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Botong in Taipei. Taiwan's first locally built crane vessel aimed to be used with the construction of offshore wind power installations was launched Sunday. Premier Su Zhenchang said at the launch that the Green Jade, the world's second largest of its kind, represented a milestone in Taiwan's development of its green industries and marked another step forward in Taiwan's energy transition. With a length of 216.5 meters, a width of 49 meters, and a depth of 16.8 meters, the Green Jade has a cargo area of 8,200 square meters, which is equivalent to 1.3 football fields and can hold a maximum cargo weight of 60,000 tons. It will be equipped with a 4,000-ton class crane that can rotate 360 degrees. The top-performing, multifunctional, revolutionary vessel will be used for wind power installations off Taiwan's shores. Musicians and acrobats are a staple of street performances all around the world, but there is one type of street artist who needs not move or make a sound to make an impression. Living statues are performers who stand perfectly still, moving only occasionally, usually to collect a tip. But even when they're standing completely still, they can still create thrilling connections with their audience. Today, in our Sunday special report, we hit the streets of Taipei and see what it takes to be a living statue. It's a warm and sunny afternoon in Taipei's Xingyi district, where a figure in gold commands the streetscape and interacts with curious passers-by. Its robotic moves and the expressionless face delight onlookers. Kids and adults take a break from window shopping and draw close to snap a photo. Someone puts a tip in the jar and a golden statue comes to life, striking different poses that catch spectators off guard. An unforgettable performance was this one time. There was a crowd of people and I stood still even after they had given me 13 tips. Maybe they thought I was just jammed like a vending machine and that I was just eating their money. I wanted to see how long it would take before they lost their patience and left. These performers that stand immobile and unblinking are called living statues. They became a popular form of street performance in Europe in the 20th century. The living statues we see today, where performers are all covered in gold paint, they date back to the late 1960s. There was an art duo in the UK, Gilbert and George, who were very famous. They would paint themselves gold and dress up like statues, putting on shows in all sorts of art galleries. 
From then on, living statues slowly became more and more popular. We started to, to have this idea that to make art, you don't need objects. You just make yourself the object, and then you are more complex than another sculpture could be. Like a piece of metal can only have a surface, but we can have an inner soul that's a much more complex sculpture. In the 1990s, amid big geopolitical changes in Europe, performance art like this became a way to make a living. I think the 1990s was the key to this. Germany reunited, the Cold War ended, people were free to travel, and the EU was about to be established. There were a lot of people who wanted to perform on the streets to make a living. Since living statues don't need to speak, they could circumvent the language barrier. Living statues transcend language and culture, and all they need is a little space to stand on. But mastering the art form is no easy feat. We follow golden man Chen Zhizhen to his dressing room in Taipei Xinyi district before another day of performances. The room is barely the size of a closet, but it's enough for him to have some privacy, get changed, and take a breather. Part of the appeal of living statues is how much like statues they appear. So for performers like Chen, makeup is essential. Chen dabs gold paint on his face with a thick brush to cover every inch. Once his ensemble is complete, Chen psychs himself up and heads out into the crowd. Many people ask me, there's nobody out on the street today, are you sure you want to perform? I tell them, you'll see when I'm out there. Because when I get on my platform, people naturally get lured over. I don't need to always be putting on a show for passers-by. It's all about them stopping by for 30 seconds or one minute and appreciating the chemistry between us. That's enough for me. We know that it's a person playing a role. That's what surprises us. We think, how can he stand still for so long? That question has two interpretations. The first one is physical. How can he stand there for so long without getting sore? The second is mental. How can he stand there without getting bored? 
他一样把脚抬高，眼睛往前面看，不看自己的脚，看自己的脚你会一直晃。Creating the illusion of stillness is perhaps the hardest skill to master for living statues. In this class, students are trained to remain frozen in place. One exercise is balancing on mats of different levels of firmness. My performances are quite dynamic, but there are times that I need to stop. For me, staying still is actually quite difficult. When I'm moving, I know how to spread out my limbs, but when I'm still, I don't necessarily attract the gaze of the audience. What is stillness? That halt when you are playing statues is different from a pause on stage. The pause when you're performing sends a message to the audience. We have to think about what we're trying to betray. They train hard to be completely inanimate through breathing exercises and meaningful expressions. They also learn how to resist the urge to blink. We don't blink for a long time, so what we have to do is keep focusing on different things, switching from things nearby to things in the distance, and then from things far away to things close by. When people look at us, they can't tell that there are any major changes in our eyes. They might not realize we're doing anything like that. But our eyes keep switching focus. They are indeed moving. Though unmoving on the surface, performers must closely monitor their surroundings, maintaining a feel for their environment and the people nearby. Living statues create a little space on the streets where people can play. This mini play space allows people to bring their guard down and overcome the alienation from others that comes from living in a big city. You see them smile suddenly. Without living statues, everyone in New York would just be walking around with a coffee heading to work, with nobody paying any attention to you. But these living statues open up a free space where people can find art. 我穿上服装的时候，这些观众的情绪都很真实，不管是害怕。When I'm wearing my costume, I feel the real emotions of the audience. Maybe they are scared or repulsed. Their faces might be full of disbelief. They might have never felt these emotions with their family and friends. Living statues create small oases of fun in the big city, a space for people to stop and find contentment in the little joys of life. We talk about good art is to make you stop. The most important thing is that it's not moving. The second thing is that when you see it, you don't move. Good art makes you stop in your tracks. The point of living statues is that one, they don't move, and two, you don't move either when you're watching them. When you're standing still. You're abandoning the routine of your daily life. Your actions respond to the statue. I think the most meaningful thing about living statues is that they're an escape from daily life. Perhaps you only stay for five seconds, ten seconds, or one minute. But for those five seconds, ten seconds, and one minute, you have a space for yourself, away from the stress of work and from all the other things in daily life that bother your mind. It gives you a little nourishment and strength.
these silent statues blend artfully into the city landscape. By moving and then not moving, they give people a chance to engage with art and remind them how beautiful it can be to stop and smell the roses. Well, the second day of the tomb sweeping holiday felt wet and cold, with the CWB issuing heavy rain advisories in 10 counties and cities. The rain began to taper off in the afternoon, and the weather is looking up in the coming days. The mercury will rise on Monday with highs of 20 to 27 degrees around the island. Let's hear from a meteorologist. Starting daytime tomorrow and all the way till Saturday and Sunday, temperatures will climb gradually. Tomorrow, the highs in northern and northeastern regions will reach around 20 degrees. In central and southern regions, the highs may reach 26 to 27 degrees. However, just as the weather was about to change for the better, snow pellets began to fall on Nanto's Hehuanshan at around 12.30 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Even though they only came down for about five minutes, it was enough to delight those visiting the Alpine region. At 2 p.m., snow began to fall on Taiwan's highest peak, Yushan, lasting for nearly an hour and leaving two centimeters of snowfall in its wake.